Hi, everybody. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you with an episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. It's the first round of the playoffs. The Mavericks just defeated the Den. No, no, it's not any of those things. It's Wednesday night, <laughs> April 22nd. Josh and I have not talked to you in a month since uh, uh, basketball essentially went dark. And we have decided to come back tonight after uh, a little bit of a basketball hiatus. And, you know, we're coming to you with a number of things. Josh, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. I think I'm handling the self-isolation stuff all right. But I'm definitely, I have way less on my plate, like, as compared to someone like you. So I feel like I can't really complain all that much. But... Yeah, I mean, I feel like I was kind of born to handle a situation like this. <laughs> like it really, it throws me back to high school in certain degrees. Right. Like when, my wife, when my wife goes to bed and I'm like up kind of late, and I'm like, I, I'm just like, I'm not doing anything. I, I could do basketball stuff, but then I look around and there's just not a lot of basketball stuff. But I will tell you, you know, before we talk a little bit about what the heck's been going on with me and you, a couple of things have happened in the last like. I don't know, week or so that have finally kicked us into gear to do some Mav stuff just because there's actually Mav stuff to do. The first is, is ESPN is airing this uh, uh, Michael Jordan last dance documentary, this tent, this bloated 10 part behemoth that I'm going to watch every minute of about Michael Jordan. And then uh, Fox sports Southwest has opted to run all of the Mavericks victories during the 2011 playoff uh, championship run. And, you know, that those two things put together meant you and I kind of got together and we're like, all right, we, we need to do something because our buddy Doyle Raider has basically carried the site. I have been swamped in life and parenting, but like, honestly, that wasn't any different before this. It's just more so and I'm being whiny about it. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about what what we're you know hoping to do with this 2011 Mavs coverage? Yeah, for me, you know, we kind of were discussing it in our Slack and we were kind of wondering how we should do this. The obvious jumping off point is kind of revisiting the games and the wins and going over it. I know other places are doing that. And that that was like the first thing that crossed my mind. That's a good idea. And I realized, <laughs> quite frankly, I looked at the schedule and realized that they were airing two games a night every three nights. And I was like, I don't know if I could watch back-to-back games. I think, so, I think on Saturdays they're even doing uh, three games. Like, 5 7 and 9 p.m i'm like i don't know if i could recap every single game when they're, no. when they're like that no. but so so my brain shifted to what i could do and i've been thinking about this actually before the this fox sports southwest announcer airing it it's like there are so many great games obviously from that playoff run but i feel like they kind of like when you see the highlight reel it kind of boils down to like a handful like it's game mm-hmm. two it's game six, it's game five against Miami, it's the Lakers Mother's Day Massacre, it's the uh, game five uh, clinching Western Conference final game against OKC, and really that's kind of like what it, like it gets seared in everyone's brain. So when I was looking at it, I was like, man, what if like I looked at these games that aren't necessarily the ones, the first five games that everyone thinks of when you say you like name the, the greatest games of the 2011 playoffs, and so I thought I'd look into those, watch those see if I can jog my own memory and my recollection of those games. Cause it's been a while since I've watched them in full and just kind of write about it and talk about it. Cause I just, you know, there's so many great moments from that 2011 run. 
I felt like it's a disservice to that team to only kind of focus on the three or four games everyone always talks about or everyone always watches highlights of. So I just thought it'd be kind of a fun jog down memory lane. Yeah, and I'm sure some of the guys on our site will will turn stuff out as things come up. It's yeah. a little unfortunate that it's on Fox Sports Southwest because that means someone like me who lives outside the market would have to find a different way to view the game. I'm a little frustrated by that. And I'm probably just not going to be able to see any of it. Um, it, it is going to be, it, it is going to be kind of interesting just to, to see, you know, the reactions, because let's face it, we're all nine years older now. And I remember yeah. what I thought of the Mavs then. And, you know, a lot hindsight can really make analysis like this a lot more fun because not only are we in like different places personally for someone like you, I would argue like your writing has shifted and changed dramatically in nine years in a really positive way. Uh, so, so what we know about basketball and frankly, like, I would just argue that we all know more about basketball now. There's more information available about what was happening during all of this. So it's, it, it's, it's really a lot of fun. Like earlier this evening, you know, a friend of the podcast, Bobby Corrala tweeted this absolutely bananas Dirk playoff stat. Dirk had a 67.4 true shooting percentage on a 36.4 usage rate in the fourth quarter during 27 or during the 2011 playoffs. That includes 51% on field goals, 53% on three point attempts and 94% on free throws. He was 32. Like I, I, I can't even, I'm just, I was like screaming as I read this. Cause like that doesn't happen unless you're LeBron James, like dudes don't do this. And, and so with that in mind, like, there's just some of this information out there. Like, we knew that Dirk was awesome. But, like, there's just so much more context around it compared to the modern game. So it's going to be fun. Yes, for sure. And that's kind of the, the purpose that I, I'm kind of looking at to kind of look at these under Herald games. And then, yeah, we're hoping our staffer, other staffers, and anyone else that can watch them in the Dallas area can chip in with any thoughts or straight, you know, watching some of the games. As we're recording this, I believe game they're replaying game two of the Portland series as we speak. They played game one earlier this evening. So uh, it's going to be a pretty nice cadence of games, and it'll it'll just be kind of nice to have something to look forward. We've I think I'm over the honeymoon phase of oh this is nice I don't have to I don't have to stay up till eleven thirty every other night now and now I'm kind of like a little antsy of like okay I kind of right yeah, I kind of yeah. want to stay up till eleven thirty <laughs> every other night it's yeah. it's really stupid and, yeah. and you know. And in the month since, so we've had, you know, know, there's been a fair amount of Mavericks news. Like Doyle's covered a ton of it. You know, Mark Cuban has been kind of at the forefront of a lot of professional sports with things on this. Like, is there any other, like what Mavs news has kind of stood out to you? Is there anything you want to hit on while we're here? I don't know if there's anything specifically, but when I had, when me and Bobby did a podcast, like, man, I want to say now it's like two or three weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I wanted to talk about with him just to, as being himself, you know, he's an employee of the organization, just firsthand what his thoughts were on the Mavericks kind of charity efforts. And that's really the big story because, you know, say what you want, me and you can be, can be cynical at times. Maybe yes. one, one person's cynicism is another person's, you know, realism, but, uh, even us, we have to admit that despite whatever things are going on in the background or however else we feel about the organization for obvious past transgressions. Like 
it's an objectively good thing what they've been doing since the outbreak kind of hit its course uh, a month ago. And Mm -hmm. you can't say enough good things about the response. I think that's the thing that's impressed me the most is that they haven't had to wait to get dragged through the mud through a PR nightmare to, to about this. I mean, they kind of responded immediately, which is kind of rare nowadays. So that was that I think that's the story. It's, you know, it's slowed down a little bit because there's only so much they can do. But man, for like the first three weeks, uh, you know, we get PR emails. We were getting emails every day about a new initiative that they were doing to help the community or to help raise money. And even now we got an email today that Justin Jackson is starting a Call of Duty tournament to raise money for COVID-19 stuff. So like, it's just, it's pretty wild to see how fast uh, the players and the organization has responded to this in a positive way. The things that I've really enjoyed, and we've got to give credit, the Dallas Mavericks social media operation and general marketing of things, you know, Mike Marshall, I think, has played a pretty big role the last couple of years there. They've changed the way they do a lot of things, both in season and now technically out of season. And I've really gotten a kick out of some of their stuff. They've been doing, you know, different, you know, looking at, at, um, second round like different players you know they've been looking you know they did something with centers that they kind of got ripped on where they had you know uh, players who weren't centers and the rock but it's just like they're doing stuff where they're acknowledging the team's history and and it's been you know fun to like talk about this kind of stuff they did do one thing in particular that really i i've been thinking about since it happened last week where they put out some uh, you know like one of those three by three grids on their various social media accounts and had people you know pick three of the nine and all of them were dominated by like historical Mavericks uh, logos, coloring. Even the players were picking all that stuff, which on on the one hand is neat, and on the other hand, hilariously awkward, um, <laughs> because that means that we have roughly like twenty years of mech marketing, according to everyone else. Uh, so, so with that in mind, I'm really hopeful, and it seems like this is the case, even though Mark Cuban won't actually say it out loud which is fine i do think the mavericks are really going to be reincorporating the green really soon and i'm pretty excited about that is that lame to be excited about what are your thoughts no i mean they've been dude they've been dying for a rebrand for a while now and i mean it's not even us like you know when zach lowe is writing about how the mavericks have like the most boring branding and in basketball that needs an update and he's like you know the basketball writer right now like that's Mm -hmm. a thing and i thought it was really funny that you talked about that social media thing where you could pick you know pick three of the nine logos and jerseys and dirk picked all three retro (laughs) which is which is funny because he won an nba title in in a jersey he didn't pick like yeah that's hilarious like i don't know that was kind of like Man, if Dirk's not even picking the the current, like if he doesn't even pick one of the current branding and, and jerseys and logos, it's like, and he won a title, like you would think there'd be some huge sentimental value to to that jersey that he won a championship in. And when he's still like, nah, I like that old stuff better. It's that just, that, that cracked me up. I was dying yeah. at that. I really, you know, the other one that I've been, that I've been think, thinking about was, was just, and I don't know why this sticks in my mind. But I remember where I was when the Maverick, where when the Mavericks got destroyed by the Lakers in the trash bag jerseys. Oh yeah, and I mean it's been almost twenty years, and I, I remember, remember where I was too. I mean, I was standing in a bar with at a at a fraternity sorority mixer, 
and just horrified. I was surrounded by Lakers fans. I went to college out in LA and it was just the worst. It was the, it was one of the worst sporting event experiences, just in awful jerseys though. Now I kind of like them just cause I'm old and have dad, dad taste, but that's been in my head for a while. Um, I would suppose the only other piece of like news news that we're really looking at is that Michael Finley was interviewed for the Chicago Bulls general manager position, which I am really interested by because frankly, like, I don't know what Finn has done with the team. Now that could be on me and that could be just on how the Mavericks tend to, you know, funnel everything through Cuban and, and to a lesser extent, Carlisle. So, so what were your, your reactions to that news? Well, I think it made sense because he's a Chicago kid, right? Didn't he mm-hmm. grew up in Chicago. So mm-hmm. uh, that makes sense. Um, and then I think he's, you know, like you said, you're right about the Mavs don't, you don't really know outside of Cuban and then Donnie, like in terms of the organizational decisions, you really don't know much about it aside from input from Carlisle, input from Casey Smith. You know, I think there's been more reporting on their international scouting department since they drafted Lucas. So you know a little bit more about that. So yeah, it is hard to say like, like well, what has Finley done? But as far as I know, and I don't know, I don't know that much, but I know that he's helped with their uh, stateside drafting and recruiting and things like that. Well, not recruiting, but you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're drafting efforts stateside. I know that I think he was a big voice for Dennis Smith. And I know that necessarily isn't a feather. You can't really, you know, but the way Dennis Smith has turned out, but I think, you know, he would have, I think Dennis would have been a solid player in Dallas and he definitely would have probably reached the best of his abilities here, as opposed to another organization. And I think Finley has helped bring some more legitimacy to the Mavericks draft efforts since he's been here. And I think that has been kind of where he's been groomed. Uh, And I only say this just by, you know, a little bit of hearsay. And then the fact that, you know, after drafts, he's been the guy talking uh, after draft picks have been made Mm -hmm. for the last two or three years. So, you know, that's been a shift from when, like, I think the first draft I covered, it was Cuban and then Donnie. Uh, And now, you know, Michael Finley is doing that. So I would have to imagine he has a hand in their drafting uh, and their scouting. And then, you know, who knows about, like, free agency and things like that. But, you know, maybe he does have a hand in, in a little bit of that as well. I think he goes with them on all their big pitches. So I know he's part of that. Um, but But, yeah, I mean... He seems like a really, you know, smart guy and he's from Chicago and he's worked with an organization that has a lot of respect. So we'll see. And I wouldn't blame him if he took it, because when you look at the Mavs, like where, where, where's the upward movement, you know, it it kind of, the buck ends with Cuban. So I can understand him wanting to go somewhere where he can, you know, move up on the totem pole. Couldn't agree more. Like we didn't cover this just due to kind of, personal bandwidth but jason terry who i think isn't he the legends gm at the moment i think he yeah i think he was he is you know in consideration for the university of arizona head coaching position which is wild to me because i didn't i don't really think of jason terry as a coach outside of some of the stuff that he talks about with his kids but that's neither (laughs) here nor there and and but i bring that up simply to to push to your point of within the mavericks there's just not a lot of places to go i mean we've seen a numerous numerous rick carlisle uh assistant coaches kind of move on over the years and that's it's just kind of the nature of things in a really stable organization where people go out and and uh prosper 
Um, there's a couple more things, and then I want to pivot, or there's one more thing, and then I want to pivot to kind of the NBA at large. I'm clicking around on our site, and so those of you who are listening to this are just like our diehard fans. We love and support you. You're our favorite people. Now, if you've ever really tricked through our site, there's this section called fan posts. We don't monitor it very much as editors, to be honest. You guys are allowed to post kind of whatever you want in there. I just like scrolled past it and I saw an article it was posted today. And I'm going to leave it up. I could delete it right now because I have that kind of uh, administrative ability. But I'm going to leave it up because it's incredible. The title of the article, Why Do People Buy Tricycles? And it is an almost 300-word breakdown on the usage of tricycles with photos embedded. It is absolutely incredible. I'm going to recommend it to everyone out there. Um, it's it's, the, that, it's that time of the year, man. The internet is very strange. Um, so the NBA at large, right now, we don't know anything. And we're not going to know anything because it's not just an NBA problem. I wrote an article, I don't know, four weeks ago where I simply said, I was, I was quoting uh, do, the, the, the doctor who's on, on the, the U.S. government's kind of administrative task force with this, Dr. Fauci, I think is how you say his name. And he essentially said something along the lines of the virus sets the timeline. We're a month later, still true. We're not really in a good place. Uh, they don't really know what's going to go on. Professional sports really feels like a byproduct. I feel like this season is likely done. They, the NBA just won't couch to it because I think they're kind of terrified of what this means for their revenue streams, which I understand. Uh, it causes all sorts of uh, cascading problems, frankly, uh, for, for everyone. And I don't think we're really going to resume the season. I do think the NBA needs to make a call on this probably by mid-May just so they could do something to where they could keep a regular calendar um i wrote about this a little bit actually it was lauren who wrote about it a little bit i i helped her in in her article about how if they make any changes to like the business calendar of the nba they actually have to open up the collective bargaining agreement and agree to all these things with players because all of it is in the their contracts like it's all written out you know that things happen on certain dates and even though i'm a, as a non-lawyer that doesn't make sense to me my wife's explained to me that it's it's something that simply has to happen. Otherwise it opens like all sorts of parties up for, for issues down the road. So I hope that they kind of, you know, at this point, I hope they cancel the season and I hope that we get on to like a regular normal off season, because then you and I can have stuff to do. We can talk about draft. We can prepare for next year and hope that things get better in the country. That's that kind of seems to be where we are at the moment. Do you have anything else really with that? No, I, I agree with you. And I, you know, it's, I think it's pretty clear the season isn't going to resume unless something dramatically changes in the next 30 days, which, you know, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I'm just – I'm ready to – even though we kind of know what's going to happen in terms of, like, they're not going to probably finish the season, it is nice just to have the confirmation. I mean, the draft is in June. Like, there's a lot of stuff that they kind of – they are getting close to the point of no return in, 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 in the sense of making some of these decisions. So mm-hmm. just kind of waiting for that, for that shoe to drop. And then, like you said, we can kind of just get on with it, you know, and start yeah. preparing for the new normal. Yeah. Well, speaking of new normal, before we get out of here, I'm going to drop Ooh, nice a nice segue. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I'm going to drop a little bit of news for, again, really the only diehards. Um, due to. California's legislative law, uh, Assembly Bill 5, that made a lot of news earlier this year. Uh, Rebecca uh, Lawson uh, Gennaro cannot 
uh, be in charge of our site anymore. And as uh, you know, it was something that we tried to work around for a while, but eventually it was just deemed something that we could not, or really that SB Nation could not have. And everybody parted ways. Rebecca may still work with us in a kind of volunteer capacity, but it's really this whole this whole law really kind of wrecked a lot of people's uh, you know hobbies and a lot of more people's livelihoods. So as a result of that, you know, with some internal discussions, Josh and I are stepping in to replace her in, you know, just the official capacities. Now, for the better part of the last four years, Josh and I and Rebecca and Doyle have have split aspects of managerial responsibility. Does not really mean much from the day to day site. I suspect you and I will probably come up with little things that we would like to do different. Uh, because you know different people if you've i've worked at different jobs that have different managers and there's just little things when you get in charge uh people like to to shape around but hopefully it won't really impact our coverage rebecca let you and i do this podcast and never like never interfered so i suspect that that our coverage of the site will probably be similar uh you know and and that's really how things are are going to move forward you know, podcasts and and websites and you know things like this are are you really get to you really feel like you get to know the people that you read. I hope that's the case with us. I you know the sites that I really read. I, I I've come to really enjoy the different people that are on it, and I, I look forward to covering the Mavs the same way we have. You know, I've done this for seven years. Josh has done this for pushing nine, and that doesn't include all his like student broadcast era uh sports writing history like this is you know it's something you and i like doing and i think we're going to continue to do it to the best of our abilities until we lose our minds yeah i think that's a uh, exactly and you know we appreciate you know obviously we've talked to rebecca in person about this and it hasn't been a fun time for her having to hand deal with this but uh if she is listening to this just wanted to say like thank you rebecca for everything that she's done uh stepping in you know really before uh tim left before she took over she was really a big influence in terms of helping our site with some legitimacy in terms of like we're obviously doing this part-time you know as a hobby slash at minimum a side hustle and I think, you know, when Tim took over and brought in Rebecca to kind of help on the editorial side in terms of like editing, like I, I really am like impressed with the standard that we've set in terms of like we try to run this like a real like a real thing, not all the way because, you know, we can't <laughs> none of us get paid to run this like a real thing. But in terms right. of like we have a structure, we have like these stories typically cannot run until they've had at least one set of eyes edit it and schedule it. Like we, we turn things into editors who look at it and we try to give feedback, like almost like a real newsroom. And Rebecca yep. was a huge part of that and setting that standard, uh, which I really think elevated our site, not just within our community, but like elsewhere. Like I think we have a legitimacy that is hard to come by when you are a quote unquote fan site. So yep. couldn't agree uh, more. I hope, yeah, so that's if if there's such thing as a blogger legacy, that that is I think Rebecca's is just giving legitimacy to something that is extremely hard to do, and so I'll always be appreciative of that and the work that she did, uh, helping shape shape my pieces and and make them better before they ran on the site. So, I agree. yeah, just wanted to say that. I agree. You know, she 
this is one of these things where you know we all do this for fun and really like nobody really wants to be in charge because there's no glory in it there's nothing extra unless you're like writing for like about the los angeles lakers shout out to harrison fagan of <laughs> silver screen and roll but it's really a grind and it's you do this sort of stuff not for anything other than the love and that that's kind of what and and you know you and i Part of why neither one of us is really in charge in charge is because neither one of us wanted to do the job alone. And, yeah. and, that, and, and, you know, that's, that's really what I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, in the, in the coming months is, is knowing that this, this like burden of, of fake website leadership is being shared amongst the two of us and Doyle as well. Um, we're probably, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what we come up with now that we actually have to think instead of just asking Rebecca what we should do. Um, so that, that'll probably be fun over the the coming weeks and months. And if there's ever basketball again, Lord only knows. (laughs) Well, with that in mind, do you have uh, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no, just, uh, I know our posting has been inconsistent, but we're going to try to get back on the horse here and. We hope you enjoy what we try to make the most of a weird situation. Yeah, I suspect we'll probably have the posts on the website fairly regularly. I'm not sure about the podcasting stuff because yeah. I, I like me, like podcasting was a huge part of my life and I just can't do it right now. So I really only want to put something out there if we actually have something to talk about. I do think we will with some of these final games you're going to write about because like we need to do companion pods to some of these because these these games are great. They're just yes. they're gonna be a lot of fun. That sounds good to me. All right, guys. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you with Mavs and Moneyball after dark. We will talk to you when we talk to you. Hopefully it's not uh in, in like late June or something bizarre like that. Everybody have a good week, month, and year. <laughs>